audience. Hello, JL. JL, so nice to have you back. And it's so great to speak to you, the audience. Wow. Okay. So that's, I mean, that's, that's really good. And first of all, it's JL and audience. What you said audience and JL. Well, that's just bad etiquette. If you're speaking in front of the president and college graduates, you don't go uh, graduates, people who may not be getting a diploma. Oh, and you POTUS welcome. Some might call it bad etiquette. Some might call it a Freudian slip. Who knows? Well, okay. Uh, you know what Freudian slips really are? Sexual puns. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. No, well, no, no. Yeah, there no, you go. No. That's a, that's like me holding up a cross and, 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 and garlic or in front of a vampire. <laughs> um, okay. Well guys, uh, obviously, um, up top, uh, just check out jlcomedy.com. Uh, no upcoming shows. My December 1st show, uh, had to get canceled, uh, for things outside of my control fans buying tickets. So now, uh, you have a free Friday. I just gave you, look at that. They didn't even know they were getting a gift. There you go. We start out, look at that, a gift for all my fans. JL or Santa Claus? Yeah, it's unbelievable. Well, it is December. Right. It is December. So look at that. Um, or Hanukkah. Yes. Right. Okay. And, uh, you know, obviously um, a lot of anti-Semitism out there. Yeah. It's a hot topic. It is. It is. Uh, very unfortunate. Um, and as somebody who is engaged to a Jewish woman, no one would have more reason to feel that than me. And I don't, I don't mean to say I'm a healer or a bridge or someone who could bring peace in this world. But if, but if I am still down, then, then what's your excuse? Exactly. I so, agree 100%. um, but yeah, it's, it's the, the, it's getting creepy. It's getting, and I know social media can be a filter to a lot of things, but it's getting kind of, uh, the anti-Semitism. Yeah. Yeah. Well, did you see that, that footage from the airport in, in Russia? The, and I think it was Dagestan. Yeah. That was wild. Right. And that did you, was like the, that was probably one of the worst things I've scariest things I've right. seen as a Jewish person. No. And, and somebody, when I was walking to the studio today, somebody was filming me ripping down uh, posters of hostages in Gaza. <laughs> so what about my privacy? Jeez. <laughs> <Right. laughs> no, just another example of something that's awful. It's, it's, yeah. it's very bad. And I've noticed something I feel like, this is this is not a funny topic, so I want to move on. But uh, yeah. I just I don't know. It it's gotten to a point now. This is the one serious thing I'd say. Where the only reason I brought it up is because a little bit of my conscience is like, should I? Not that I'm important enough to say anything, but it's getting to the point where I'm like, do I have to affirmatively just say like, I anti-Semitism is terrible? Yeah. And what's that's why I brought it up because it's getting to this point where I'm like, you want it on record? In yeah. a weird way, because it's just it is getting very uncomfortable. Like much much creepier, just like a Trump presidency. It's getting to this point where I'm like, are we in the early stages of something? Obviously in Israel and Gaza, there's yeah. horrible things literally happen. But I'm saying broadly, are we getting to this much broader point where it's going to be like, oh, I should say something just to be like, you know, this is a safe space or whatever. And it sounds cheesy yeah. to say that, but it's the first time where I'm starting to feel like a little uncomfortable where it's like, uh, there's a lot of bad stuff going on right yeah. now. And on college campuses, um, you know, as, as David from, of the Atlantic put it, you know, summarizing what he said, he said, okay, well, these protests are okay. Just make sure you don't wear any offensive Halloween costumes on campus, <laughs> which I think is a pretty, pretty funny, but truthful statement. Yeah. So, uh, to my four Jewish listeners, um, if you could just identify yourself in the comments so I can, uh, you know, highlight you and, and, and showcase you to the world to show that I am part of the solution, not a problem. 
I would appreciate that. <laughs> that's good, right? I think that's a good way to handle it. I think throughout history, that's always been the way that we've, you know, like I'll give you, sense. I think I can give you like an extra badge yeah. on social media. So like people know that, no, no, I am these, this is part of my and you community. Can, you can also number their importance as yeah. a listener. I mean, I'm going to start charging them more on Patreon. Yeah. Okay. Speaking of which, I have a Patreon, guys. So I'm going to start a new tier that like costs more. Yeah. Okay. Only for them. Just for them. Yeah. It's called Only Jews. Yes. Okay. It's like Only Fans, but for Jewish people. Yeah. Okay. So I'm part of the solution, in other words. You're part of the final solution. Yeah. Okay. It's the fun we've got. I'm going to get, is it the Scorpions? It's the final. If they're on cameo, the if they're on cameo, I'm going to see if they'll do a remake called the final solution. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah. see guys, I had, I felt so uncomfortable. I felt like I had to make jokes, Yeah, yeah, yeah. but in all seriousness, as a Jew, we are und- I am a Jew and I am protecting us. The veil of Judaism is protecting our comedy. Thank it's how guys. our people have survived for eons. As you make an Italian hand gesture. I'm Italian and Jewish. <laughs> what, you know, what do you want from me? I'm from New York. What do you want? Yeah. <laughs> For sugar know about it. Yeah, I'm. I'm really <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but horrible stuff. And it horrible. Sounds, it sounds like you had plenty of time to read the Atlantic on your cross country trip. To- I actually made my way through a bunch of issues of the New Yorker. I didn't get to this month's Atlantic yet. Damn. So good try. Good try yeah. to keep it moving, Mike. But I am the. <laughs> when it comes to moving a podcast along, they call me the immovable object. <laughs> so. Um, but yeah, no shows coming up, but obviously this podcast, we have making podcasts great again, uh, my YouTube channels and my Patreon, uh, everything's on my website. So just if you're starved for jail content, then there's something wrong with you because there's plenty of it out there. Mm. Uh, so I did, I went on a, a wonderful trip. Um, the, I, I don't like flying. I used to fly a lot Yeah, and I get flying is one of those exposure therapy things to me. Like when I was flying three times a month. I really didn't stress it at all. Right. And then once you stop flying, like my last flight was in um, April of 2018. And I was at the Tampa Improv. And funny thing there, the gigs were very not memorable. But I went to a church. I went to Vigil Mass, which is the Saturday Mass that counts as your Sunday Mass. Mm -hmm. And a guy, and I forget the name of the church, but it was near the club in Tampa. The guy who sang... One of the most spiritually moving experiences of my life, he was that good. Just his singing of the hymns was like moving. Yeah. And the church actually, it wasn't just me because everybody like clapped when he mm-hmm. was like at the end of mass. So they, they recognized talent. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, are you coming to the show? Where are you guys going? No. Okay. <laughs> See you guys. Um, so that's like my only memory from, t- but, and then it was my last flight, partly by coincidence, partly by choice because the pandemic and my lack of gigs on the road also uh, stop me from having, having a need to fly, mm-hmm. but I don't, fl- I wouldn't fly for fun. Certainly. No, right. <laughs> like, I just want to take a flight somewhere now. Yeah. Um, like when people tell me like, Oh, uh, he, we flew a pr- private jet or like my, my husband can has his pilot's license. I go, uh, we call that a death certificate <laughs> in the flight fear community. <laughs> so, uh, so I never get jet, like I'm never, I, like Travolta, I forget which celebrity got a pilot's license to like overcome their fear of flying. Sometimes I'm tempted to do that mm-hmm. more than I, like to be like, will this work? Godspeed. Right. No, I won't yeah. you know, get out of town. But, but like sometimes I'm just tempted to do that. But um, my last flight from Tampa, we, it was a 6 a.m. Southwest flight. And uh, so the real expensive kind. Mm-hmm. And 
it was dark. It was still dark when we took off. So I'm like, okay. And then it got lighter. And I, all I could see beneath the plane, as far as the eye could see, black. Mm. Like now it was light out. Black skies. Oh. The sky, like in other words, good thing we're above this. But then you start getting that thought like, well, what if the clouds keep rising yeah, and we're yeah. engulfed well, in the nothing from the never ending story? Right. And we made it. Back say never no turbulence. It was yeah. just like I wish I'd kept the window closed all the time. I would have never known. And then when we land, I'm waiting for my bag and I'm looking at the weather map like on on the TV. And it was just like the entire southeast was like tornado season or something. I was like, oh yeah. Now they wouldn't take off if they if they. But you still it logic doesn't matter when you have a fear of flying. Well, the other thing is JL, you and I, so I have a horrible fear of flying as well. I haven't, I haven't flown since also either 2018. I have or a fear of flying. I think you sound like a bigger pussy than me. Yeah. I okay. won't fly. You're a horrible fear of flying. Yeah. I just have like an uncomfortable fear. No, I won't. Fly. I was on a plane that made an emergency landing and that was the end of that. I, I, I won't do it anymore. <laughs> it's a really bad fear. The real fear of flying people, like when you hear a story, yeah. it's like you're there. Like yeah. when you said emergency landing, I, I, my, my pits got a little yeah. sweaty. Well, when you said, yeah, when you said black cloud, I was like, oh my God, something must have happened to the plane and there was smoke from the plane. Oh, no, I, no, no. I, I immediately, right. yeah, I tensed up the second you said, like, I saw, like, I looked under the, at the window and I saw black. I was like, no, thank you. I'm not into that. Right. But I mean, uh, you That's and how I, a lot of people in America feel. They look out their window and see blacks. They're like, absolutely not. Get my gun. So I, I, I you have a lot of allies out there, I think. Not quite what I said, but all right. <laughs> Um, you and I have a lot of the similar personality traits of, um, uh, it's difficult to give up control. And mm-hmm. I think that's a huge factor. Well, Mike, flights. if I could just get the show back for a second, <laughs> I no continue. <laughs> but I think that like, so do you, have you ever had sort of like a, like a panic attack on a plane or something like no, that? No, it's, it's a, it's a very weird thing because for instance, my, the most flying I ever did, I was in a long distance relationship during law school. Mm-hmm. So I flew like once a month to Columbus, Ohio. It was okay. a quick, it was an hour flight yeah. from BWI, but still, but you, you know, you're still doing it. Yeah. I flew to LA, uh, you know, four times a year during, you know, during, uh, for several years, yeah. it was each I've never had the, the scariest flight I was on. And it wasn't even that scary because it was like, I was in that mode where I'm flying so much, but it was like, we went through a serious thunderstorm and like the amount of lightning, I was like, I don't think we were supposed to fly through this, Yeah, but it never got so bad. But now if I was on a flight like that now, having not been on a plane in five years, I would be like, yeah, right, right. And um, all those people who just pretend like it's cool. Yeah. Please. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Please. Yeah. Um, Give me a break. <laughs> so I, I have taken the train to a lot of places, um, partly because I like it and partly because I'm like, eh, I don't need to fly. Yeah. Um, the, the, so I, what I did was I had a gig in Pittsburgh, as I had been telling people on previous episodes. Mike and I haven't been in the same studio for three weeks. Yeah, it's been awesome. Um, I thought you said it's been awesome. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> Jeez. All right. Um, so I was in, I, I took the train to Pittsburgh, which was a logical train trip. It's not like it's a little long, but it's like, that's not really flying saves you like a few hours on that one from start to finish. But then, uh, I took the train from Pittsburgh to Chicago, just stayed a night in Chicago to break up the trip because the next trip was Chicago to Seattle, which is a 46 hour trip. That's the big daddy. It's called the empire builder. 
I call it the character builder. Is that really what the line is called? Yes. The empire builder? Yes. Wow. And uh, it's there's probably some connotation about defeating like people of color. Yeah, uh, Native um, Americans. Yeah, like, Westward. You know, we, we, we defeated, we got a bunch of Chinese people to build this railroad <laughs> yeah, over right. indigenous <laughs> lands. Double win. Right, right. <laughs> Let's call it the empire builder. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we can't call it the Chinaman destroyer? <laughs> no, that's a little too much. So I get to Seattle where I was supposed to have a gig. Yeah. But I think I may have discussed that earlier. That gig fell through um, because one of the things you have to be on the lookout when you're J.L. Covan is why does this person want to book me for something? Seems shady. <laughs> so I got to Seattle after 46 hours, checked into a hotel for a day. Seattle, very hilly, by the way, did not realize that like glute wor workout, just going for a one mile walk. Yeah. Um, but Seattle, I got to Seattle and, uh, you know, I didn't take, sorry, I'm going to spill a little, uh, a tea. Didn't take a shit from Chicago to Seattle. Mm. I don't, I don't go to the bathroom on Amtrak. Why is that? I'm curious. <sighs> because you see, there are way too many people who are very willing to take shits on Amtrak. <laughs> and when you flip that toilet, those stainless steel seats, it's not just skid marks. It's more topographical maps. It's very disgusting. Yeah. yeah and it's like, I don't want to go unless you can be first in. Now, the people I resent but also respect are those who are like, uh, the 305 train. Yeah, I'm taking a shit at 311 p.m. Six minutes, Dougie Fresh, you're on. How are you taking a shit that quickly into a train? Have you no shame or decency? It should be an emergency measure for this kind of thing. Yeah. Not and and the breakdown of an Amtrak train, by the way, the long distance trains. You have the roomettes in the rooms on both levels, but most of the small rooms are on the top level of a two-deck train. One bathroom on the top deck, three bathrooms on the bottom deck. So where do you think people should take their shits? Say that again. There's Most of the rooms are on the top and there's one bathroom. Okay. To me, that's the I can't hold her, I got to pee kind yeah. of bathroom. Emergency. Three bathrooms on the bottom where there are only like four rooms. Oh, yeah. You go downstairs. Of course. It's No, apparently I'm the only one who does that. And that's just to pee. I just try to create a culture. Right. Of let's go down and use the bottom bathrooms, even though I'm holding it in. And no, I mean, and the skid marks, the topographical maps, the, the, it's just, it's so offensive. The topographical maps. You, you get, you get brown lung from just inhaling all the stuff. Disgusting. That's, but you know, usually I'm not right next to the bathroom, but for one of these trips, I was right next to the bathroom. Yeah. And it's like, could you go down? You almost want to knock and go, go downstairs with yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and can you monitor your dieting? Like, you know, so, <laughs> so then I get to Seattle just for a layover, yeah. but you know, when you're doing the Amtrak trip, the layover is a day. I took a day. I could have been on the next trip day, but I was like, let me take a day. Um, you are, went all the way to Seattle. Might as well see the town. Well, I wish know? I had spent another day. That's yeah. the problem because you get there, you're exhausted. You're, you're, you're doing, you're doing a lot of bathroom work. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was like Sunday night and Seattle was dead. Yeah. Or Sunday. It was the day. And I was like, football game? No. Yeah. Baseball game? They, they got eliminated from the right. playoffs like last day of the season. No basketball um, team. No basketball team. And yeah. and hockey. Oh, they have a hockey team. No, not here. Yeah. I'm like, come on. You couldn't have given me something on football. Something yeah. Give me, I'll go. I'll yeah. spend money in your town. So it was yeah. like downtown Seattle was a, was pretty dead. Tents. I saw some tents. I don't know if that's part of their tourism. I think it's part of their residential situation. Yeah. So I saw that. And then I went from Seattle to LA, which was very pleasant. And I have all these great conversations with different people. Like this, this couple, Randy and, and Sheila from Texas, uh, he looked and sounded like Sam Elliott. So he was fascinating. That's cool. We talked for the whole time. He's like, how are you doing, Drew? And I was like, does anybody ever tell you you look like uh, Sam Elliott goes from time to time? <laughs> and I was like, 
And when you speak, it it, it only makes it more Sam Elliott, yeah, by yeah, the way. Yeah, like your yeah. voice is even closer to Sam Elliott than your face. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, and then I talked to this couple of multiple meals because they make you share meals with people. Um, oh, no way. Yeah. And it's I'm t- I have there's a, f- a dining. Cart. There's the dining car. And right. they go, we sit you with if you're not a party of three or, or more, you're Just sitting with strangers. It. Interesting. And it's good. It's it's genuinely enjoyable most of the time. Is the food the food is good or the experience? The is good? food from Chicago West is excellent. Really? And when I say excellent, I mean you've never had travel food this good. Sure. Obviously, but it's like mid-level restaurant good. Sure. Which is which is great. East, I'm assuming they have a full kitchen. Yes. Yeah. East of Chicago, it's garbage. It's all microwavable stuff, even yeah. if you're on a longer train. But west of Chicago, fantastic meals. So can I ask, out of yeah. my own curiosity, as somebody that might be interested in doing one of these cross-country train trips? I'd love you to produce lifetime. my show for the Travel Channel. <laughs> it's a different conversation that we'll have off mic. But oh, Jesus. Uh, give me the lowdown on what the... the would you call it a suite? The room? Yes. What? How, how is this? Okay. Do, do you have leg room? Do you have a television? What's so, the deal here? So what you got to, what you have to do is like, there's the pores we call them in steerage. They yeah. just have regular seats. Awful. Awful. Yeah. Um, then there's the roomettes, which are not cheap. Yeah. This is like, if you were, but if you were going to say, oh, I, I want to do a month in LA so that it's not like something you're doing all the time. It's more expensive than a flight, of course, but you can, you can, but, but a roomette, and I'm a big guy. I'm the biggest test they'll have for a roommate. Mm-hmm. You are, you would fit fine in the bed. It's two chairs, like, like kind of just a closet area in your room. It's tidy, but it's very economical and it, it, it's comfortable. It's a comfortable place to sit for the day. You yeah. go to the, ca- the, the observation deck or whatever to see other shit to get your room. But, and then there's the rooms, which are the most expensive, which are big, but in an odd twist, when you sleep in the room, you're going against the, the, the trains, like, like in the, in the small rooms, your bed is parallel to the track. So Uh when you rock, which you can, you almost like rocking a baby side to side. So it's, it's easier to sleep. The bigger beds in the bigger rooms, you are rocking like head to toe. So actually the few times I've been in those, like a hammock hammock would go back and forth. Right. In in the few times I've been in the big rooms, I actually sleep worse than in the smaller room. Um, Were you in a big room this time? No, no, small room. The whole whole way. Can you tell, explain to me what a big room is like? Like, what's that experience? A bottle of champagne, a hooker. Like, (laughs) you can can have all that kind of space. Is it the size of a hotel room? Is it that big? Oh, no, 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 no. No, okay. No, it's, but it's, I'll show you pictures. Obviously, we can't show the audience. I can show you some pictures, but it's like. We can show the audience. Well, I, I don't know. Okay, all right. um, Later, next time. No, it's not the size of a hotel room, no. Like, it's. but it's it's remarkable for a train what yeah. you can kind of fit in, and the bigger rooms you have your own individual bathroom in there. That's that rocks. Yes, this sounds great. It's not a fee, it's not a, a feasible way to travel regularly. Yeah, but like right. I said, if you were like I'm gonna go to Chicago for a few days and then catch the train from Chicago to L.A. and I'm doing like a month away, perfectly fine. Right, you just bake it in as part of a vacation, like because the scenery. Um, what, what, so now I take the train down from Seattle to LA, have meals with this lovely young couple from Singapore. Mm-hmm. And, and I had these meals with like, you guys, you're Texas, you got your, your, your older couple from Texas, your, your young couple from Singapore doing like a Western United States tour. Yeah. Um, then a British couple who'd never been to New York, but, but was doing a whole Western States tour, had breakfast with them. Wonderful talk. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, so then I, I went from LA to, to Vegas for you too, which we, we can talk about also phenomenal sure. concert, phenomenal venue, great band. And I'll concede this Bono 
love him, but can understand why someone would find him irritatingly cheesy and, <laughs> and pontificating all the time. Cause sometimes he'll say things. He, it, I, I resent when he was like, who here wants to get elevated? <laughs> <laughs> I was oh, like, God. Oh God. And now everybody's just like, it's Bono. It's you too. I love that song. But I was like, can We're I going punch? To have an evening. Of magical rock and roll music, a poetic sight for all almost to be seen. faith, almost like a faith, like a like a spiritual. Oh, and meanwhile, Edge and 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 Adam Clayton yeah. come off so cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They are, but they you know Edge Edge they both look great for their age. Yeah, Bono's sure. actually aging the worst of all of them, but but he's also a billionaire and doing like lots of he does yeah. lots of extracurriculars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Edge is just like on his guitar with his beanie, just looking yeah. chill. Adam Clayton, Bono keeps referring to him as the coolest man on the planet in his book. The coolest man <laughs> in the planet. He's like an ice cube. <laughs> um, and Laura does a great impression of Bono's stage jump. It's oh, actually yeah? very funny because it's just this like kind of Peter Pan. Like, I, I, Here's how I would describe Bono. And I think you'll enjoy this as somebody who's not a fan the way I am. Mm-hmm. It's like watching Martin Short do an impression of Mick Jagger. Okay. Like 70 year old Martin Short, right. like not inner space frenetic, but like yeah, yeah. elder Martin Short doing a Mick Jagger impression. Right. It's just gingerly moving with forced style. Yeah. yeah. Um, whereas Edge and Adam Clayton just get to be two chill dudes. Like I'm worth 400 million. Boom, 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 yeah. boom, boom, boom. I got to be honest as a, as a hardcore music fan, I kind of feel like I've seen a lot of stuff with Edge. Like, do you ever see um, it might get loud? You've told me about this where you're like, He's not a genius, but then he's also self-aware and that's what I think it is. I think he understands almost that he like he's one of the luckiest musicians. Like he he just it doesn't seem like he can really play the instrument, but he's just like he has a knack for creating kind of like like shit like that out of a guitar. And then he turns the effects off and it's like, all right, this is what I'm playing. And it's like uh, like two and a half notes. Hey, you know what but I mean? per, he's somewhere between a great guitarist and a great DJ, perhaps. Yeah, or a great sound engineer or something yeah. like that. You know? No, but I think Bono refers to him as the greatest rhythm guitar player in the world, even though, but he's playing lead. Maybe that's, that's true, but that's that's a fair thing to say about him. Yeah. Okay, so that I think that, yeah, there, look at you agreeing with Bono. Uh, halfway. Changing yeah. hearts and minds here on Rain on Your Parade. <laughs> um, Sphere is amazing. Sphere is amazing. It looks insane. Like if you like anything that ever goes there, go. Yeah. Like if you're a U2 fan and you're listening to me, like go. Yeah. Like go to, like, it's awesome. It is. That's all I can say. It's awesome. I was a little disappointed though. Cause I said to Laura, when she met me in Vegas, she was obviously in her plain clothes. And, uh, I said, do you, uh, you got heels half joking. She's like, no, you know how much walking we're going to do. I was like, great. Thanks. Yeah, well, I think it was Frank Sinatra who said, luck be a lady in flats, right? <laughs> Come on. Aren't you embarrassed? Uh, you're coming to the Venetian. Your man got a VIP suite with sphere tickets and you're wearing flats. Aren't you embarrassed? No. <laughs> lady Gaga. By the way, Lady Gaga joined you two on stage for, for the concert I went to. The whole show? No, two songs. What's she saying? They did Shallow, and then they did, they, really, and then they did. I got a beef with Lady Gaga, though. I hope she's listening. Did Bono and Lady Gaga duet Shallow? Yes, and That's then cool. But 
Look at you. Look at this Bono fan. I'm sitting I'm, next no, to. I'm a, I like Gaga. I'm okay. a Gaga fan. But like Gaga comes out and Laura, this is like how chiller she goes, I bet it's Gaga. And then Gaga comes out and she was like, <laughs> and the whole crowd, the whole crowd is like, ah, Lady Gaga, what the <laughs> yeah, fuck? Yeah, We're yeah. seeing you two and Lady Gaga. And Laura's yeah. like, called it. Yeah. Like, and she's like happy in her own way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because she's a big Gaga fan also. Sure. And they did All I Want Is You uh, as a duet by you two. But here's a, Lady Gaga, if you're listening, Shallow. You know the part we all want to hear. Oh, did they do that? No, that's the one part they skipped. Are you kidding me? Are like, you kidding it's me? It's like the most Gaga thing ever recorded. Oh. Yeah. And, and no, that's the one part of Shallow we didn't get. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah. I, so I don't, I don't even count that as a Gaga appearance. Yeah. Give me some bad romance with the edge doing something on his that guitar. That would be sick. They could probably pull that off too. Well, they should. As we said, Edge, that's his, that's where he plays, you know? That's what they should have done. Uh, so call me you two or Gaga for notes. I'm willing to work with you. Yeah. Um, but the sphere is incredible. So that was awesome. Uh, even though Laura was walking around Venetian in flats, which made me look like, like not a VIP. Yeah. I feel like a woman in flats indicates that her man is not a VIP. Yeah. Because a woman a with a VIP who, yeah should be uncomfortable enough to wear heels. Well, listen, babe, we're not going to Red Robin, okay? We're, we're out in Vegas. This isn't all you can eat fries. This is all you can lose money, <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay? Right. So, and I'm tall. Don't know if you've noticed. <laughs> that could also help me a little bit. Now I look like I have a short girl fetish. Yeah. Um, so, you, so then we drive to Salt Lake City um, for the Utah Jazz game. They've only won one game this season. As of this recording, I was there for it. Six rows behind the jazz bench. Amazing game, amazing seats, having a great time. Um, I'm skipping over, uh, my one unfortunate experience in Los Angeles, mm -hmm. uh, cause I did some great shows out there. Uh, three, three shows all went well. Um, and then edit and then <laughs> Utah, Vegas, Utah. And then I had a show in Utah, which was great. Great audience. It went really well in a very skeevy part of town. It was like we were in the nice part of Utah and then we we're like, hey, Bruvy Cinema Pub is only four blocks from here. Well, boy, oh boy, that was a big four blocks. Mm -hmm. I saw a bum fight, as I said on stage. I was like, I saw two unhoused people fighting. But I think once you once they start committing felonies, you can start calling them bums again. I mm -hmm. think that's in progressive Progressive law yeah. allows it to be called a bum fight once one or more are committing felonies. Um, it was next to a sex shop, a literal dumpster fire, um, and a massage parlor. Which a literal dumpster fire? Like there was a, it wasn't a dump, but there was a, Something a burned on fire. out car and piles of shit that had clearly huh. been on fire. I took a picture of it. Um, clearly you didn't see it. Thank you, Twitter uh, social media. I don't even have but, Twitter anymore. Thanks for everything. I posted it everywhere. Mike didn't see it. <laughs> Bad producer. Bad. <laughs> So, <laughs> so, um, the show was great though. And it was like, wow, this trip ended on such a trio of high notes. Mm -hmm. You, uh, you two, Utah jazz and Utah fans. Yeah. And it was just, and it was great because the last time Laura had seen me perform was at a private gig in Margate city. And, uh, if I may, uh, I wrote a song about it. I said, uh, take me down to Margate city where the pools are small and the crowds are shitty. That's just very specific to the gig I did, but I felt very ambushed at that gig. But the worst part of it was having Laura there mm -hmm. to see seeing it? me bomb yeah. at a private gig. I mean, bomb. And it was, a, it yeah. was, just, she was that, that hurt. Cause 
I can take it. But it was the first time I had to see somebody who cared about me watching me bomb. Yeah. And then I project like that hurt then projected onto me. And I was like, I feel terrible. Let's get out of here. Yeah. So go to Utah. Great, great show. Um, I explained it on my Patreon episode. I broke it down on the Patreon episode. So go check that out. But then I took the train back from Utah at three 30 in the morning, uh, back to Newark. I arrived yesterday. Best night of sleep I've had in years. Last On the train? No, last night when I got home. Um, the trip, I'm going to make a recommendation here and then we're going to take our first break because I want to talk, since we've talked a little bit about music, I want to talk about Taylor Swift haters when we come back. Yes. Good but I will, I will tell you this, the train trip, if you don't want to do the psycho trips like I do, yeah. cross country, I have to recommend something. Salt Lake City to Denver. So it's, you leave at 3.30 a.m. That's unfortunate. But you get to Denver at like 7 p.m. So if you have, I told Laura, I said, next time if the Jazz are playing like a home and Denver game, mm-hmm. like in a three-day stretch, let's do that. Yeah. Because she's seen the photos and videos I've taken multiple times. The California Zephyr, that Utah to Denver stretch is, is the most beautiful shit you will ever see in your life. It's so good. And I've seen it in two different seasons now. Um, so that's just a little tourism from our new sponsor Amtrak. Mm. We take JL from shitty gig to shitty gig with nice scenery Amtrak. So when we get back, let's talk about Taylor Swift haters. Cause I got a lot, I got a lot to say about them. Uh, but a message from our sponsor first. And we're back, everybody. Hopefully, you've already made those travel arrangements on Amtrak.com, our new sponsor, Amtrak. We're glad JL doesn't shit in our toilets because he's a big guy, Amtrak. (laughs) But I want to talk about something that's been bothering me. For uh, Mike, I'm trying to get serious here. I know. This isn't a comedy podcast. Sorry. Sorry, JL. Sorry, audience. Okay. And I want to talk about the Taylor Swift haters out there. Yeah. And I'm talking about they run the gamut. This isn't one group. This isn't just bros who like football. Um, this is, I've seen different communities taking it to her. Now she just recently became a billionaire, which, uh, I mean, it can only mean one thing, no more pulling out for Travis Kelsey. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, uh, no, I'm, yeah, no okay. I'm with you. So, no, that's, it's just a fact. Yeah. Um, once again, don't know why we're laughing. Uh, <laughs> but she's a billionaire. She's how old? Uh, 34. She's yeah. My age 34. Beautiful woman. Great legs. Um, great talent. Mm -hmm. And I like the fact that her whole career is sort of a grift on conservative white people. It's an interesting point. You're not wrong about Trojan horse in through, through, through country music. And they're like, you're blonde and pretty and white. Yeah. And And they innocent. And you build up your fan base that way. You build it up through, through that route. And then she just was like, you're not even going to know Eight years from now, when I'm just a bona fide pop star, you're still going to be following me. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, she became an ally to different communities and, and showcasing different communities and telling people to get out there and vote against Trump. Mm-hmm. And before they knew it, they'd created, they had given a platform to like the worst thing to a conservative in this country, a white who no longer defends conservative hypocrisy. And not just a white, a snowflake a white. A peak white. Yeah. This is a peak white. <laughs> yeah. Um, She's, I mean, and here's, that's part of my thing about her is her music is fine. Like the thing is, I don't know her catalog, but I, it's, she's so big and so good that I could probably just go, oh yeah, I like those five songs yeah. without even, cause I, she's so 
so big. It's like Herod and, and Dwayne. Yeah, Reed. Oh, exactly. Taylor Swift. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. a good one. Yeah, that's a Romeo and Juliet. Like, like yeah. I just know a bunch of her songs and they're pleasant. Yeah. And she's a huge star. And, but you see the haters. First, the first haters are obviously the like, she's ruined. I've heard this from multiple people. Uh, she's ruining football too much, too much. Ugh. And I just go, no, she's just, she's bigger than football. She is. She's she bigger is. than football. She's not ruining football at all. It doesn't matter. What did they say about her at the football games? That she's there? I think Big it's deal. just, right. And it's like, no, what she was ruining, to be fair, was the Grammy Awards. Right. Now, if we, and I can, I can tip a hat to haters out there. No, the Grammy Awards, you don't have to show Taylor Swift. Like the right. Grammy Awards, it's all music superstars and she still gets the most airtime always dancing to everybody, always cheering. And I'm like, is this real? Yeah. Because if it's real, real, I take back my criticism. If she is that full of that much joy, I'm just not comfortable with joy. Yeah. But No, you're not. <laughs> right. But if she's that joyful, like me and her should have a kid and that kid could be normal. Yeah. Like, yeah, right, right. You know, this is our kid normal. Yeah. He has the right amount of joy <laughs> and the right amount of pessimism. <laughs> and he's nine feet tall. Yeah. Because I'm six seven and Tay Tay is like five ten. I would tall. think she's six feet. Those are legs, man. Yeah, she's she, tall. But okay, so sorry, Travis Kelsey, you're a tall guy too, not as tall as me. Yeah. Okay, and you're kind of cheerful too. So <laughs> your kids are gonna be too fucking cheerful. <laughs> but at the Grammys, they show her way too much because it's like you show all the people at the Grammys, right. but they still kind of focus on her. And it's like Mumford and Sons. And she's like with her, like her, her like squad of gay guys. And yeah, then yeah, like, yeah. it's like, uh, yo, yo, ma. And she's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yo, yo, ma, by the way, this will sound like an Imus joke, but really how is that guy not a rapper from like 1993? Yeah. It, it would be like, if you said, and our, like an the Imus great, fl- the great flautist, uh, little baby pop. <laughs> Wait, what? That guy's not a rapper. Little baby pop is a flute player. And not just a flute player, the best in the world, Lil right. Baby Pop. Right. A generation <laughs> defining classical flautist. Yo <laughs> right. Yo Ma, that is a 1990s rapper. Lil Baby Pop. Yeah. Clarinet also. Also, you know, if you ever heard that album, Lil Baby Pop's first album, he played both. Very musical. Lil Baby Juilliard. Pop, everybody. So. So I can concede, but, but ruining football, it's like, she's a bigger star than anybody in football. Yeah. Plain and simple. Yeah. And it's not like they're cutting from game action to show her. Right. It's just, I think it's the idea. Football is a sport that caters to conservative minded everybody, but also it's the safest sport for conservative minded people, I think. And when they show, t- it's more like, oh, this isn't just a game for me and my friends to eat wings and call women uh, slurs. Now you're just showing me this pretty woman enjoying it also, but not in a way that I think is cool. Dude, JL, it's also such an allegory for the societal hierarchy. Because when you're in high school, what is the relationship that people care the most about? One of, if Debate not the Debate champ best. and mathlete. Oh, wait, are you saying high school quarterback and top cheerleader? Yes. Okay. The most popular girl and like. Kelsey's not the most popular guy. Can't we call him Caveman Channing Tatum here. It, it fits. Thank I mean, you. he does. He's, he has a caveman thing. Let me tell you going, women about. like it. Multiple. I I almost want to contact an ex of mine. Yeah. Just to verify this fact, her favorite guy was Channing Tatum. I mean, yeah. her favorite guy for a couple of years was me, but Channing Tatum <laughs> was her guy. Well, there's I, no doubt that she has a fucking Travis Kelsey. Like yeah. Travis Kelsey is like, if you like Channing Tatum, but wish he were bigger. 
and had somehow more swagger without feeling like he's ripping off black people like Matt Rife, mm -hmm. then we got it Rife. in. We got it in. Rife, 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 Rife. Then, um, then, then, then Travis Kelsey's your guy. And when he hosted SNL, I did what I always do. Rolled my eyes and then enjoyed him and said, God damn it, he's good. Yeah, right. Like I like I didn't I didn't sit there continuing to go, this guy sucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh no, he's got charisma. He's got real charisma. But this is the thing, dude. So I think that there's two things happening here. I mm -hmm. do think there's part of it just general sort of ill will towards women like this country has had for eons. Um I think that there's a lot of men who just want to see their football and they don't really want to give it up to the idea that she is bigger than the NFL, which I agree with you. Right. She is. She's one of the most famous people maybe in the last like hundred years. Right. It's hard to argue that. The other thing is I do think there's something to this idea that like it is a reinforcement. This is like the jealousy of watching the two most famous people in your high school. It is like on steroids in a way that like, it made you feel bad when you were in high school because you're not the football star and you're not dating the hot like celebrity chick with a ton of money with like, you know, quote unquote, like rich parents, the sort of same situation. And now you you take off. You have your Sunday off from driving the bus all week and you come in and well, you see shots fired bus drivers. <laughs> I'm not trying to single out anybody, but like, no, that's a felony assaulting a bus driver on a podcast to get you seven <laughs> years. Read the sign. But when you when you live a normal life and you have a, you know, a, like a normal family and everything about your life is sort of like non um, uh, what's the word? Uh, uh, ex um, superior, excellent, right. awesome. When you live a more normal life, it, it is kind of like rubbing salt in the wound that like this good looking rich guy is now glory on Sundays, catching touchdown passes. And glory unto the Lord on Sunday, <laughs> by the way, that's how I mass right before pass. That's my Sunday schedule. Right. So they're, I think they're also mad that he's leaving with the most famous woman in the world. Who's also super hot and a billionaire. You know, I and, think it's both of those things happening in my opinion. And, and the truth is if he were dating Megan Fox, as an example, who, who's still slumming it with uh, machine gun Kelly, or did they break up? I'm, it's hard to keep up. I think they might be done, but <sighs> I hope so. Yeah. Um, if it was Megan Kelly, um, Megan Kelly, did I say Megan? No, yeah. Megan Kelly would be their, their relationship name. Yeah. Yeah. Megan Fox true. is more of a muse where like they'd show her once in a while. But it's like, but Taylor Swift is bigger. Yeah. So it's like, uh, guys, by the way, Taylor Swift is here. Have we shut? Literal cultural icon. Right. Yeah. And, you know, there's only a few people I can think of in, in under 40 or Beyonce's over 40. There's Beyonce. Yeah. There's um, uh, uh, Taylor Swift. Yeah. Uh, why did I forget her name there? Old, old elder moment. <laughs> the most famous person in the world. What, what's Ryan? Uh, Tommy uh, Taylor Tomlinson. I think we're talking about Taylor Swift, Beyonce. I mean, Bad Bunny is, despite a mediocre to bad SNL, is is approaching that level through sheer cross cultural yeah, yeah. and record sales. Like he's he's like. And we also, as people in America, I think, forget the Latin markets are just enormous. Right. And, you know? and just for him to have crossed over the way he has while, you know, not having a full command of, of this. And, yeah, right. You know, and he's not Antonio Banderas in terms of the looks yeah. where you can get away with like, I, like, yeah, like, yeah. I still talk like this. Yeah, yeah. I'm, ooh, yeah. yeah. And people are like, yes, so sexy. Yeah. Um, he's there, but there's very few. There's very few. And, and in, in an age 
of social media and everybody having their moment, it's, I think it's harder to become iconic in the old way. Tom Cruise would be somebody who's like one of the last mega icons of movies. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's even more a testament to your power if you become an old school icon, a Madonna, a Michael Jackson-ish figure in this day and age. You've yeah. had to go through so much more to reach the top and stay at that rarefied air. Um, so- that's one complaint is all the, she's ruining football. She's not ruining football. At all. It's, yeah. it, you maybe not want to think about it, but she's bigger than football. Yeah. Um, or equal, or she's an equal standing as the NFL yeah. in this country. The other thing I've noticed though, um, and obviously if you couldn't tell, it's mostly, it's, it's, you get an indifference from black fans, but it's a lot of white male fans who I hear the, she's ruining football. I, That's I, a good point too. But I didn't think about that. But here's the rate. Now I'm going to flip it. The black and white cookie of comedy is going to flip it to the other side. Right. See a lot of memes, you know, of, of Taylor Swift platforming Ice Spice, who I do like. She's a very, she's a very, she's like a cute porn star looking chick. Like kind of like, ah, aren't you cute? Even though you seem like a filthy woman. Um, but there's a picture of them on stage <laughs> together and Ice Spice with her generous backside. <laughs> and then Taylor Swift kind of very beanstalky relative to her. Right. And a lot of mockery of Taylor Swift from a lot of black people. I'm, I'm either follow me or I see on social media, you know, sharing that meme. And I go, yeah, that's, I guess it's funny. But at the same time, it's like, no one stays in their lane more than Taylor Swift, which is often a complaint. Like, why don't, why don't you Iggy Azalea with your fake butt dating like, you know, Nick Young on the Lakers, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of like, stay in your lane. Well, she is staying in her lane doing 55. Yeah. She is a pretty good point. She's classic white lady. Good looking yeah. in terms of, if you want to say like, she's not too curvaceous, but she's super pretty and she's very and non-threatening long-legged. good looking. Right. Yeah. And she's not getting tit implants or, or, or butt implants or, or dating, uh, doing a Kardashian thing, like trying to culture vulture, whoever the hot, you know, yeah. she's not with James Harden or LeBron or like whoever you might think is, is, is offensive in, in, in for her to like pluck, yeah. you know, she's not, and even better, she's not just dating a white guy. She's dating a wigger. <laughs> <laughs> So she's actually taking someone who does kind of toe an Eminem Channing Tatum vibe from time to time. She's taking him into the full fold of whiteness. Yeah. She's actually taking him back from the battle line into a more. The battle line. (laughs) Into the cultural (laughs) battle line, into the full embrace of wonder bread whiteness. Yeah. So why pick on like, because because if you pick on her, then a lot of white girls growing up instead will see these memes and go, well, I guess if I don't want to get made fun of by black Twitter, first thing I have to do is get some butt cheeks and date a rap, a, pr- a promising young rapper or any black guy. Yeah. I'm going to steal a good black man because I don't want to be memed. Mm-hmm. So what we should be saying on all sides is con- uh, on one side, congratulations, Taylor Swift. You are as big an institution as the NFL. That's impressive. We celebrate you. You're not running on the field. You're not, the Chiefs are winning. Travis Kelsey's still playing well. Well, also, dude, she's not, she hasn't, she's just showing up to the games. Right. She literally is not talking about any of this, like any of the situation. Like all of the speculation that is happening around the two of them is happening from other people. 
Like, she, apparently she bought a house in Kansas City, which, by the way, she's a billionaire. Like, you wish you could just buy a house in Kansas City because you have she a calls boyfriend that, She there. calls that the Hampton Inn. Right. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll buy this for a, a couple of years, flip it when I'm when I'm not dating him anymore or whatever. Like, <laughs> come on. This is it's good for her. This is America. This right. is what you're supposed to be able to do. It's not like she is taking over the NFL and being like, like, it'd be one thing if she was like, I've partnered with the NFL and now I'm just like, it's going to be Taylor Swift all the time, all the time. She's so famous and she's going to the games and she's enjoying herself. And I do think you're right. People give her shit because she seems legitimately happy. And for a long time, I've thought you got to understand. I would love to do that. That's my thing. What are you so happy about? At a certain point, it can't be an act forever. She's got to be able to like, like it's got to be authentic. I think I, I, I have no reason to believe that she's not. Why wouldn't she be really happy? She's, she's got a billion dollars. She does exactly what she wants to do. She's super famous. And by all accounts, I mean, it just seems like she has all of the things that we as Americans aspire to have. And if you truly believe Except that getting those a things. a vagina. <laughs> it's all a ruse. <laughs> but in, in this country, like the way that we kind of talk about wealth and fame and all of those things, if you truly don't like believe that those things make people happy – it's more of a projection than the fact yes. that like we, we want to believe that that makes that's a peak happiness. Right. Yeah. What else could she ask for? So why would it be an act if you actually believe that these things make a difference and make you happy in your life? Right. You know? Yeah. So it's I just I'm so tired of the hate coming down on her and not even from a from a cultural standpoint, not as a I'm a Taylor Swift fan and I think this is terrible. It's just kind of like. It's the same way in a weird way when I stopped hating Tom Brady. Yeah. When he won the sixth Super Bowl, let alone seventh, when he won his sixth, I go, I give up. He's the best. Yeah. I can't argue. I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm now going to defend him like I'm his defense lawyer. Yeah. I'm not a fan of the Patriots or anything, but like it's, unden- it's, it is undeniable. It's too much evidence. The best. It's yep. too, that's it. Let's move on. I can't take you seriously if we have to have a discussion right now. Yeah. If Patrick Mahomes continues having seasons like last year for the next 12 seasons, absolutely in the conversation. Yep. But right now, there is no conversation to be had. You're five behind, Pat. <laughs> right. And, and I, I joked with a friend of mine who's a huge Mahomes fan. I said, hey, you know who has the most Super Bowl titles in, uh, since 2016? Pat, he's, Pat Mahomes is tied with Tom Brady. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. Tom Brady won two Super Bowls like after the age of 40. Right. I mean, it's just, it's okay to like let go and just be like, you win sometimes. That's how I feel about comedy. I'm just like, I get it. I get it. You win. I'm going to stop fighting you. It's over. I need a day job. And no, but with, with Taylor Swift and then the flip side of that, and it's two very different camps, but because of the people that I interact with on, on social media, you see the, the memes mocking her. And I go, this is, this is a white woman doing what every Twitter activist yeah. would want her to do. Vocal ally, yeah. taking absolutely nothing yeah. from your culture, style, or community, yeah. and being a vocal ally. What more could you want from a white lady? Yeah. <laughs> You're right. And like I said, taking Travis Kelsey off them, like that's, that's, an uns- that's an unsung hero move. Yeah. Like this is a guy who we could see in future years Going over the line. Yeah. Whether it's caught the rapping the N-word <laughs> like on video, like yeah. in a song. Yeah. He's that guy. I'm not saying he's not going to go full Morgan Wallen. Yeah, yeah. But he could be that guy who's like, um, did y'all see Travis Kelsey in that TikTok? Yeah. Mm. She's pulling the him TikTok, back from TikTok there. of him wearing a do-rag, drinking a 40. <laughs> 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 Why, what is he doing? <laughs> right. He's partying. So, 
So to the Taylor Swift haters out there, I say, just stop. Just let go. Just like Tom, I'll make an analogy you can understand. Like when yeah. Tom Brady won that seventh Super Bowl, you were an idiot if you just kept going like, yeah, but. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, it's over. It's done. Move on. You'll be happier. The only yeah, but is yeah, but I just still don't like him. He's the greatest. Right. But yeah, but I just don't like him. There's right. no other thing that you can really, no other accent you can put on it. Yeah. So Taylor Swift, I don't know if you're the greatest, but it seems like you're the greatest right now. Yeah. Um, it's your time. And, uh, you know, in the to quote Hansel from Zoolander, uh, I don't listen to your music, but uh, but you're making it. And I respect that. <laughs> so and oh, I didn't do my Scott Pelly. Save it for the. OK, you should do the punch down as Scott Pelly. Oh, very good idea. Very OK, good. so guys, if you've seen my one video where I did Scott Pelly inter uh, interviewing Trump a few years ago, you know, I have a good Scott Pelly impression. What a tease. Well, Scott Pelly is going to join us for the comedy section. Mike's favorite <laughs> right after this. And now from the Slickback Studios newsroom in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. Here is Scott Pelley with a Rain on Your Parade special report. This is Scott Pelley on assignment for Rain on Your Parade. This week's punchdown of the week, JL wrote, and I quote, I think they should show Travis Kelsey every five minutes during the Taylor Swift movie. And a person who we will not identify commented, he's not a big enough star. JL, do you have anything to say on this? Yes, I do. You like that, Mike? I did. I th really you. thought that was done well. I really, I really did. I thought that was done well. <laughs> My Scott Pelly is a very underused, very underrated bit like yeah. like thing i think that was great oh thank I you i really think that was great we should, that should be a, <laughs> a, a normal addition to the show scott pelly is joining the rain on your parade cast that's a coup for the show i think and for Slickback studios it's a huge coup great yeah wow you're really like proud of this one i like when we get <laughs> creative but i saw like a look like a reflective look like rudy had just gotten a sack at the end of rudy Because listen man it's all about pushing the boundaries we gotta do, we gotta do different stuff well, i like it and nothing's know? gonna appeal more to the young people than scott, scott pelly content yeah, yeah. so yeah. but that i think that was you know just to comment on what scott said um it doesn't need to be said more like the joke the joke was just a comment, you know, as a tip of the hat to all the people complaining about Taylor Swift. I thought that was a funny little commentary like, hey, she should be. On, what if they just showed him during her movie every five minutes mm. and somebody uh, said not a big enough star. And I don't know if that person didn't get the joke or thought they were doing something funny by but they weren't. So punch down of the week in theme with our Taylor Swift discussion now. For the comedy review of the week, um, there's a bunch of specials that are out, but I was away for three weeks, so I'm, I'm behind on my comedy special watching. Mm. But I made it a priority to watch Old Dads, even though the reviews were not good for Old Dads. I remember seeing the preview for it at Bill Burr's show at Prudential right before uh, Andrew Dice Clay came out and started talking, oh! talking about I'm an old guy and this chick is fucking me like a porn star. Oh, <laughs> um, 
It's like, it would be like watching, not like watching Willie Mays fall in center field for the Mets. It would be like watching <laughs> Millie Mays fall in center field with his pants around his ankles. That's <laughs> the, the level of, devil rays. <laughs> that's the level of embarrassment I felt. But there were enough douchebags in Jersey to yeah. go like, Dice is being misogynistic. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Um, so anyway, I saw the preview for that and I laughed. I was obviously in a Bill Burr mood, but I, I thought the preview actually looked funny to me. Um, and... So I watched it despite the bad reviews. I was going to judge for myself. <sighs> it's, I'm not going to say it's free of laughs. There are a couple less. And when I just noticed my crumbs cookie jar is over there for next show. Let's get that back in the jail. But okay. Jeez. Um, well, you'll remember if I say it on air, cause it'll, it'll sting you more. We'll see. Okay. Probably not. Um, but anyway, old dads, it's on Netflix and I watched it. It was the first thing I watched when I got home from my long trip and it felt beneath Bill Burr. Like, in other words, the best moments to me of Bill Burr's performance were like when he was being serious, like when they were like slightly more dramatic turning points in the plot. But it felt so much like a movie. And maybe this is what happens to a lot of comics. You get frozen in your time eventually. Eventually, if you become successful enough or not, but you eventually become part of whatever your peak era was. And like, you don't move past that. Mm -hmm. And Bill Burr has not been one of these bros righteously bitching about cancel culture all the time. But this movie feels like it was written, like no disrespect to a man I've seen multiple times in the past, but it felt more like a movie that was written by like Nick DiPaolo. Like in other words, it goes overboard in the caricature. Like every time a progressive person speaks, some of them are funny and some of them are like, oh, I guess you had to get that off your checklist. Like right. of, uh, did we have somebody complain about non-binary yet? But they, it feels forced in, in points. And it really does come off more like a diatribe against every possible complaint one could have about the left than a real movie satirizing or parodying the left or, or the clash of cultures and generations. It was very heavy handed. I laughed at some parts. I'm not going to say I didn't sit there stone faced, but it was just, I really, you know, this is, I think what happens. And I think Burr wrote it, but it feels like, it feels like here's why stand up can be hard for people who are funny to do. And here's why then just because you're a funny stand-up doesn't mean the script you write is going to be a perfect script and translate exactly the same way. So uh, as a huge Bill Burr fan, I, and, and I'm only saying it this way, this would obviously, if I knew Bill Burr, he'd be like, oh, thanks for being a fan, you fucking asshole. Because yeah. that's what I would say. That is what I say, actually, when I get shitty compliments or critiques that I'm not asking for, but because it's a segment of the show. Mm -hmm. And I think people expect once in a while some actual fucking honesty from, from me, not just, um, who can I say great things about that yeah. maybe I'll work with tomorrow? That's not what this show is about. So um, it's, I don't know that it should be 17% on Rotten Tomatoes, but it should be like 40. Yeah. <laughs> like it's just, it, but it's, it's. Yeah, 40 is still an F. Yeah. yeah. The, 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 the performance that I kind of liked the most, although I, like I said, Burr, when he's being like, serious in parts. I think he actually is like a, a good actor, mm -hmm. but Bokeem Woodbine is like the most comfortable I felt like in the movie. And it's so clear. Like, did you ask Chappelle? <laughs> I'm just, like, did you ask Chappelle to be in the movie? Why does the character slander trans people for two hours? It murders a trans person. <laughs> That's the funniest part of the whole movie. Yeah. No. Um, that, but, but, but I'm saying like, obviously the resemblance of Bokeem, but Bokeem Woodbine is like, even though Bobby Cannavale has been in a lot of movies, 
I, he, like, I like him a lot. I do too. But in this one, it's he's like a little he's the old guy trying to be cool. And I don't think he carries that off as well. Like he could be the old guy who's pissed about getting old, mm. but like the phrases and like, hey, I'm trying to be cool at the office. To me, he's the guy. He gives off the energy of, of the guy who would hate that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas like I'm not because he's actually cool. Right. I'm yeah. not convinced by the sort of like, hey, what's up? What's popping? Yeah, That's yeah. that that album was fire. I I don't I don't buy it from him. Yeah. Whereas Bokeem Woodbine is the most comfortable in his skin in the whole movie, I mm -hmm. thought. Like, like just it was the most kind of convincing, but it's also the least big laugh attempt performance in the movie. But you know, judge for yourself, but old dads. I actually, unlike several people in my feed, I had higher hopes for it. I thought the preview did look funny that I saw. And it's just, uh, it's, uh, it just comes off like, like a bitch session of everything the left and like young people do, which there's plenty to make fun of. But this, it felt too heavy handed. Like only people, these are the people who would laugh at this are the people who will go see five straight Italian comics in Jersey week after week. Like it's Mike Spaghetti followed by Anthony Tomato Sauce <laughs> followed by Richie Rich followed by Vinny DiVincenzo. It's Meatball March and Governor's Bada Bing. <laughs> right? Like, like, <laughs> like people who can keep going to those shows nonstop shows. and see the same kind of comedy every, yeah. you know, they, it's my ma makes, my mom makes, you have a Sunday dinner. My ma makes Sunday dinner and it's embarrassing when you bring the date over. It's like, ma, don't do that. Ma, ma, why are you doing that to me? And then they, but then they'll slip in the, you know, but these kids with the participation trophies and everything I don't like is slightly gay and if i don't like something i don't get mad about it i kind of make gay hands and be like oh you want a participation trophy in your ass do you want it in your ass because you're gay you fun oak and then all of a sudden all of a sudden you know what this guy comes in he says uh, you can't say that anymore. It's offensive. And I said, you know what's offensive? You being in here with that gay attitude, that's what's offensive. Am I right? So I say to my ma, I say, ma, look at that. He says, you can't say that no more. You can't say that. If you say that, Tommy Jr. might get kicked out of the school, ma. No, it's now called transgender. And my mom goes, well, I hit the transgender with my fork and spoon if he come over with that dress, okay? And I'm like, ma, you can't say that. Ma, ma, you gotta be nice to these people now. It's a good school. What happened? We sent you to a good school. Ma, you sent me to a school. Are you doing school. the full, like, guest spot five minutes here? Yes. So anyway, you guys get the point. I was like, when is this? When, no, when, this, this when is should why I Mike, give him the light? This is why Mike can't do music producing because I'd be doing like the jam session of the year and he'd be like uh, I stopped recording nine minutes ago I do hate jam bands well I oh, did yeah. see F Fish I will tell you at the Sphere they're a natural fit um, that's huge, what I heard yeah, huge yeah. fan base they do a lot of light show stuff. Drugs, men, lots of drugs. It would, you know, the one question I'd be like, the Venetian is like, but do the dirty hippies gamble? Or are they going to sit outside, not even stay in the hotel, in our beautiful hotel? They're going to be outside camping. Camping like a bunch of anooks. Anyway, uh, that's been JL destroying the Italian community segment of the show.
Mike was laughing. So I'm sorry I kept going. Yeah. I, I gave the people what they wanted. Mike doesn't want it. He's got a more important show coming in here now. So guys, thank you for listening. I hope you had fun. I hope you made it till the end because that was a lot of bonus content at the end. Um, <laughs> so I've, can I tell you this one thing before we end? No, it's just one. I have been so tempted to do like a soul man version to my own career, uh-huh. but instead disappear for a year. Now that I'm fully functional, get back, get back in shape, grow the hair out, slick it back uh-huh. and just come back as John guy. Luigi Covini. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. And see if it works. You know, if I got the guns, I'm out in like a Dane Cook wife beater. Yeah. And I'm like, so my ma, she says, well, you got to start off. You don't call them wife beaters. You call them guinea straps. And you're the, cons- you're the creative consultant the on conciliary. this. So you're the Tom Hagen. This is my brother, Tom Hagen. We treat him just like a member of the family. That's why we call him by his birth name, not by our family name, Tom Hagen. Mikey, Mikey, it's so good to see you. Great to see you, my brother, Tom Hagen. Um, okay, this is Tom Hagen. We're not related, but we treat him like a brother with a different name, Tom Hagen. I don't call anybody else by the last name, but I say Tom Hagen. Uh, here's one last bit for you. Yeah. One last bit. Okay. We're going to call this. Promise? The ta- you we're promise? Call, we're going to call this the tiramisu <laughs> section of the, of the show um, because it makes my cry tears. Um, Mo Green. This is a bit I've been trying on stage, yeah. but I think you'll appreciate this. In the book, The Godfather. Now, we all know Mo Green. He was banging cocktail waitresses yeah. two at a time two when a time. he's talking yeah. about Fredo. Now, we're all like, well, Fredo, like, you can't do that to Fredo. You can't touch a Corleone for, for having threesomes with cocktail. What do you do? They run the casino. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. In the book, have you ever read the book? Mm-mm. In the book, I think, I forget the number, but Fredo had either 12 or 15 abortions with, with cocktail waitresses. No shit. Right. Mo Green, pro-life advocate? <laughs> if they had spun that differently in the movie where Mo Green, instead of saying two, you straighten my brother out? Mikey, he put 15 waitresses out of commission with 1940s abortions. We can't staff the floor, Mikey. It's a holocaust of Italian fetuses. So we pro-choice, not pro-life. Oh, no, pro-life. Pro-life. Yeah, you're right. And, and Mikey, being the good, good Italian Catholic that he is, is like, Fredo, you had how many abortions? <laughs> and all of a sudden, Mo Green's living. Because yeah. that's, that's a lot different than like he's having a lot of chicks. Yeah. When they say in the book... Fredo was responsible for at least 12 or 15. I was like, that's uh, well, that's a lot. I feel like Mo is on good standing there to be like, we didn't have enough waitresses for the floor, Mike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're all in the ICU. Yeah. So Mo Green, I want to end on that. Mo Green, pro-life, pro-life uh, casino magnet, RIP. Rest in power, Mo. Um, so that's been Rain on Your Parade for this week. That that picked up at the end. Uh, I think this is a great episode, Mike. What do you think? A lot of fun. Okay, good. Uh, now I have to go. Um, so thank you for listening. Please, if you are listening or watching, whichever you're doing, either on the YouTube or, or a podcast platform, uh, head over to Apple or Spotify and give us a review. Even if you're not a, even if you're a viewer of the show, the reviews help over there and we'd love to hear from you. Um, and I thank you. So, uh, I will see you next Thursday.